This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between VSB students and our world-class faculty. My name is Claire Asmussen. I'm a senior marketing and international business major here at Villanova. And this morning, I'm sitting with Dr. Suzanne Klein, Associate Professor of Economics. And we're going to talk about her research article, Variation in Job Creation and Destruction Across the States Through Boom and Bust, Could Minimum Wage Matter? So Dr. Klein, thank you so much for being here with me this morning. If there's a certain area of research that interests you most, could you talk about that? Sure. I'm a labor economist by training. I, I do also uh, more general applied microeconomic analysis. Some of the themes that you might see in my research would be looking at differences in labor market outcomes. So this would be differences in wages. This would be differences in job satisfaction or differences in employment versus self-employment outcomes by gender, by marital status, and by sexual orientation. So that's one of the themes you'd see in my research. The second theme would be impacts of government policy on labor market outcomes. So minimum wages, like the piece that you're currently talking about today with me, uh, living wages, and also taxes, tax policy. The study itself was very fascinating. Were there any states that stood out to you with significantly different results, or was it similar across the board for all states? You see in the adoption of minimum wages a difference uh, across the states. Right. And so that's, that was very fundamental to look at, in particular in the time period over which I was doing the analysis, 2003 to 2010. We had both an expansion and a contraction. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see that the number of states who actually had minimum wage levels above the federal minimum wage increased and then decreased. That's actually a great segue into my next question. So like you just said, one variable in your study takes into account states with higher minimum wages than the federal minimum. So with such a discrepancy in the cost of living throughout regions of the U.S. and with many states already instituting their own minimum wages higher than the federal level, do you think minimum wage is something that should even be considered mandated at the federal level? This is a very good question. I looked at 2015 data to see what has happened since the time of the analysis that we're talking about. And I can see that in 2015, 29 states had state minimum wages that exceeded the U.S. federal level. So some states are very proactive in this. And 14 states had state minimum wages set to match the U.S. federal level. To me, this almost suggests that they have some kind of state policy of rubber stamping, maybe. Okay. One state still had a state minimum wage set at $5.15 an hour. Wow. That state law is overrided by the federal. As long as the workers are covered by the federal wage law, that state has just, the legislature has been slow to update it. But there are six states that have no state minimum wage law at all. Interesting. If you look at them, you tend to see a pattern. Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Mm. So when I was thinking about this, it seems that federal minimum wage law is perhaps creating greater uniformity than if there would, were no such federal mandate. And perhaps this is an important role for the federal government to prevent a race to the bottom. States are very anxious to try to appear business friendly and in order to direct businesses, and so that if you didn't have the federal minimum presenting this floor across the land, 
as the law of the land, there could perhaps be much competition by cutting wages, allowing wages to fall state by state. And that's perhaps counterproductive and certainly contrary to considerations of fairness. Obviously, having a minimum wage is intended to help and protect a large portion of the population, but are there any sectors in particular that are most affected and hurt by any increases in minimum wage, if any? Or are there any sectors that are untouched? Well, certainly, the researchers have been more conscious of the impacts of minimum wages on retail employment and service sectors, I think, would belong in addition to that retail employment category as perhaps being most affected given the high concentration of low-wage workers that are concentrated there. Um, Small businesses also could be vulnerable, not necessarily the sector, but small businesses within any industrial Mm -hmm. sector could be vulnerable. Many state laws reflect concern for small businesses and establish a level of minimum wage lower for businesses that have fewer employees and or lower sales revenues to try to relieve the pressure that a minimum wage across the board would put on small businesses. So Dr. Klein, I'm curious to hear your take on if you think a minimum wage actually benefits those it's intended for. For example, how many minimum wage workers are heads of households versus how many are teens or college students, you know, people looking for that extra cash? This question has attracted some attention by researchers. Uh, In other words, they've kind of looked at whether or not minimum wage law really targets those that need the most help, Mm -hmm. as you say. And I think researchers have generally suggested that no, minimum wage laws do not target those that need the most help. Some states historically have instituted different minimum wages for teens than for adults, thinking that adults would need a higher minimum wage um, than teens would. So I thought it was very interesting that you chose to look at the effective minimum wage increases on job creation and job destruction rather than unemployment as a whole. Could you expand on your choice? Sure. Employment data is collected in two different ways. The unemployment statistics that we're most familiar with are collected from household data and perhaps claims for unemployment compensation. The other way the government collects data is by talking to employers, getting data from the establishments themselves. It's an alternative perspective, an alternative approach. And here, what I was doing is trying to take advantage of that, that not much had been done looking at these creation and destruction data streams, uh, whereas a lot had been done in terms of employment measures and unemployment measures previously by researchers. So overall, what was the most surprising finding from your research, or what left the biggest impression on you? Well, the one thing that was a little surprising to me, but understandable, I think, Uh, now that I think about it, is the asymmetry of the effect that I found that growth in minimum wages affected job creation significantly and negatively. It dampened the growth of new jobs. It did not uh, show up statistically significant in its effect on job destruction rate. All right. Well, Dr. Klein, thank you again so much for coming in this morning. Your research was very fascinating. I really liked your article, and hopefully we'll be reading more of your studies to come. Thank you very much, Claire. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty. 